Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Here with Rich Klein, we're going to talk about it. The 88, 89, 90 tops big sets. Some of you may be saying, what's that? But we're going to address it and thank sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So uh, all of a sudden, we're minding our own business. Tops is, has competitors in 1987. In 88, someone at Tops had the great idea to create a Topps big set, which was breaking the mold of the two and a half by three and a half and doing kind of a 56 Topps size and 55, 56 Topps format of horizontal cards, slightly bigger side, probably two and five eighths by it, three it, and yeah, it's, it's the size of 55, 56. Yeah. So, so I don't know if somebody got a bonus for that or was fired over that or got a raise over that, but I don't know that I call it a bold step, but it was an interesting step. And frankly, I, I didn't get it. We were in the unenviable position. You weren't there yet, but you, we were. Is this a set that ought to go in the monthly price guide? Is it a mainstream set? It's in packs. It got reasonably widespread distribution. Well, the eight, so the first. Where were you at that? I was at my Gordon store. Or I, yeah, I think I was about to get there. And I will tell you, the first of the three series of 88 tops was very hot. They produced a lot, but it was very popular. It's only 88 cards. It's not hard to complete two or three sets from a box. Which means that also, once you open a box, you don't need to You're open done. it. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Except that, as we discovered nowadays, 88 Tops has variations on the back with the letters. Yeah. The, the, the sheet, it's probably yes. designating the sheet. Yeah. And there were four sheets, A, B, C, and D. And we discovered that. And I think that's the only year they did that. And before the pandemic, I was doing a slow, every five cards a day, adding to the ComC database, breaking those up. By checking the backs. By checking the backs. Yeah. And so I was making good progress like everything else when we got slammed, got uh, deferred. De- deferred. I, I really appreciate your, your diligence, but I'm wondering, I collected color variations and back variations and photo variations. I, I was an exhaustive collector, but I don't know that I would have collected these very minute differences for 88 tops big. I, so are you perceiving that some are tougher than others or that in ComC people are trying to get all the different versions of the Don Mattingly or whoever it is? I always act this way whenever I do a variation. Would a super collector want it? And there are certain things that I just shake my head and say, I'll do it if I absolutely have to. I actually like that one. That was interesting. The 91 Donruss variations with the stripes or the design on the sides that I try to avoid, frankly, unless somebody sends a request. And, okay, we're getting to the point where I'll probably, when I get to pick up stuff again, we'll hit that because it's more than half the sets done. Are those just uh, factory sets? For I think so. Or, or pack-pulled? I think so. Yeah. And I think there are other variations in 90 as well like that, but they're not as distinct. 90 is more subtle. And so I don't have a problem with that where I just look at it. If I'm a Don Manigley collector, if I'm a super collector, I want for both varieties. Or sometimes even three varieties of certain players because some of them you can't read which sheet it came from. Some of them there, so some of them there's actually three varieties in 88 tops. Okay. So basically what you're saying is that perhaps the first series of 88 tops big was successful in the eyes of tops. Yes. And if they really have a year lead time, then they're thinking, Hey, great. We're going to have 89 tops big. And so let's get that in the works and, and get all that lined up. Okay, that may be an excuse for why 89 tops big, but why 90 tops big? Because it seemed like it had played out. It uh, wasn't, or were they selling more than we think? They may have been selling more than we think, but I never see them anywhere, which is what's interesting. Well, they go to kids. Were they and like you, a kid's but I don't see, Remember, I've handled, I don't want to say perhaps more donations than anybody mm-hmm. else in more of those cards. But I've probably handled 5 million donated cards or yeah. something like that. And there ought to be a lot of those. And, there, are, and there really isn't. Not as many compared to the tops. No. 
Yeah. And what's interesting is I wonder, because 89 tops, remember, did Bowman in the large size. Right. I wonder if they thought the large size was such a success. Let's do it again. It also makes you wonder whether Cy Berger said, this is a return to my roots of my first days with the company with the oversized cards. So I want to do it. Or Cy Berger was marginalized and yeah. they had some new person that said, hey, let's try that. I don't know. Okay, here's my little bombshell for you that I just was thinking about because, again, I, we don't script these, but so I'm at Tops. I'm going to turn back the clock. It's 1988, early in the year, and I'm Cy Berger. They come to me with these designs for 88 Tops Big, and I say, you know what? Here's what we need to do. We need to not call it 1988 Tops Big. We need to call it 1988 Bowman. That would have been Would that be interesting? That would have been fascinating. Again, larger size, just like 89 Bowman eventually was. But the dilemma that we had in the price guide of not listing it because it was a less than full size set and it was like an extra set. So we wouldn't, but if they'd have called it 88 Bowman, would we not have had a dilemma? A big dilemma. Because in 89, it comes out again, slightly larger size. So I'm wondering why didn't they call 88 tops big? And maybe they had 89 Bowman on the drawing board that they wanted to go with more of a pure card there. And the 88 tops big was, Again, reminiscent of the of the and 55s if, and 56. If you remember, 89 Bowman has people like Johnny Art in it, Austin Manahan. It was prospect-centered. It was a prospect-centered set. There were a lot of veterans, too, and a lot of you know active players and a lot of stars. But there were a lot of prospects, and it's the first prospect set. And rookie card-oriented in, in that sense, whereas the big sets were the opposite of that. Correct. It was almost all veterans. But 264 is 11 players per team, so you mm. are getting almost all the good players. I'm sure there's somebody well, missing. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure there's somebody missing. Yeah. But for the most part, you're getting 11 player, an average of 11 players on each team or 10 players on each team. So 10 players on each team, you should. That's 40% of a roster. You should You get. ought to be able to get all the good guys. Yeah. Or the perceived good guys. Yes. Yeah. I just was thinking that Bowman still had a name in 88. If they'd called it 88 Bowman, it would have gotten a different level of attention, but it wouldn't have been appropriate to make it look like the 56 tops. It, it, it'd be better to make it look like 56 Bowman with a TV motif or something. I wonder, would it have been more successful instead of trying it in series, whether if they had done all 264 cards at once instead of three series? You wouldn't get two sets out of a box or a guaranteed set out of a box, but you would have had to buy several boxes just to get the set. They were, were they still gum included in that? No, there was no gum in 88. So there's no gum. Yeah. So I was just thinking if there's gum, that kind of makes it more of a kid product. Uh, Maybe they were trying to appeal to the older audience by doing the cartoons on the back too. The cartoons on the back right. are very 50s and 60s oriented. So... Maybe they were trying to attract the older audience. Or nostalgic. I didn't understand other than those were the days when these card companies were trying to differentiate Tops being the incumbent. If they threw something out there, a bunch of people would buy it just because it's Tops something. But it seems like it couldn't have been that successful, and yet they did three years worth of it. But there were other sets from the 80s that were oversized, too. They did top Supers for two or three years, like 84 and 85. Yeah. They did these tops Tattoos. They did certain sets where one was probably sufficient, and they did them for two or three years, and you shake your head, and you're saying, you did it once. It's not going to do real well. Did you really make money with it, or are you just making so much money off the base set that you can afford to really throw darts at the wall and hope something else sticks? If something is not a winner the first year, 
The only way it's going to be a winner the second year is if you dramatically improve the design or dramatically decrease the production or the, thir people or the third way. The 96-97 Topps Chrome Basketball only distributed in retail, and all of a sudden it exploded. It's got a Kobe rookie now. We don't even know how many thousands it is, but I could imagine a, a high-graded card, maybe even four, high four, if not five figures. Yet the dealers all rejected it, so it went to retail, and the next year it became a much more popularly accepted product because all of a sudden the dealers bought it. Then it was off to the races, but yeah. yeah. No, then it, it was off to the races. Yeah, retail so. quantities, even if we were to know, this brings up an issue, even if we were to know the exact production figures of the Topps Bigs or the Topps Chrome basketball, that even if we knew exactly how many cards were printed, a million retail packs is different than a million hobby packs in terms of where they are now and how they've filtered through the system. Well, what I learned from doing the Almanac is things that were retail only, like some of these, we'll call it 23K gold cards or whatever. Those cards that were retail only, amazingly, they're pretty much hold their value. They've held their value, even though the production quantities were probably 25,000 of each one of them. Yes. And distributed to people that should have put them away. Right. And but they, either they're buried or they... And nobody knows what they were because you have to go look it up in a in an online right, price guide like right, Beckett, or you have to look right, it up in a Com C right. or an Almanac, and it's hard to do. Tops Big at least is easily identifiable, but I, I agree with you. In those days, sports flicks ran for five years. Eighty six was a huge success, but frankly, after eighty seven, you probably could have just kiboshed the whole thing, especially when Score came out in eighty eight. It's we don't need to do this anymore. We got Score. They went through nineteen ninety, no, and then they brought it back in ninety four. The, uh, in business, the line extension, when you, it's contributing to your overhead, it, it doesn't even have to make money. It's just keeping people busy through the year. So I can see why Topps Big would do that, but it just seems three years. And yet you're agreeing that if it was, because most people are always asking, they're probably asking you, they're asking me, what's the next hot thing? The next hot thing could be something that's been overlooked. Topps Bigs have been overlooked. But why is that? It's been overlooked because they're, they're just not considered that collectible, that attractive. Could that change? Maybe. But if you're saying that in all these donated millions of cards, you rarely are seeing Topps Bigs, I don't think that means people are holding on to them. I just think they're, relatively speaking, there's a lot less Topps Bigs in 88, 89, 90 than there are the base brand flagship. Especially by especially 10%, would you say? Especially 89 and 90. Would you say 10%? I'd say maybe 25%. No, 25 to 1 or 25 percent? 25 to 1. Yeah, I think there's 10 to 1 at least. Yes. And if you do that, then you do the math and you think, well, okay, if there's 10 times as many Don Mattingly's, then why shouldn't that Don Mattingly be at least more expensive than the other one? And it's because demand demand's and, not there. And they don't fit in the regular plastic there are very few, Exactly. There are very few rookie cards. But here's the other thing. They are beautiful cards. And if you look at them aesthetically, a lot of them are really pretty cards. And on that level, they well, could be more popular. My cards that I had were not better looking because they had dinged corners because they just yeah. didn't fit in the boxes. They got knocked around. And so you can't get them graded. They didn't fit. And again, who's uh, making that decision? I don't know. Again, it, like we said with 89 Bowman, it's probably worth a try. If, if you're going to go against tradition, you better have a good reason. And I don't think they had a good reason. But then again, as I said, if you look at the 80 Tops weird sets, there were a lot of things you would just shake your head at today. Especially the really big supercar. Yeah. That's just not... And the heads up about the same time. That's another really tough card, but probably very few people looking for them.
yet? Could that ever come into vogue? Absolutely. It could. And demand, it doesn't take much demand to move the needle when supply is less. Absolutely. Which of the sets is your favorite? I, I really or don't do you have, think it's the best bet? I think the best bet is probably 90. I bet you there's not a lot of 90s out there. And if I was going to make a quote investment in unopened or complete sets, I would do the 90. That's probably the way to go, is to get unopened or complete sets that were made and put away then. Because if you get loose cards, they, good luck. As big as they good were, they, as you said, they good got luck. dinged up. Good luck. Okay. Well, thanks, Rich. I think thank you, Tops. For, <laughs> well, no, we thank for, you, Tops, for trying, and uh, every little bit helps. We were there back in the day, and, and we thought, what are you doing, Tops? But they don't always know which one's going to hit big. That one didn't, but they had some other things that, that did great. Yeah, thanks, Rich. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in-